everybody. This is Richard Arnold Beattie, Crawford Media, Denver, and our special series, Counseling Culture. The church, the clergy, the counselor, the culture, and the community. The church is the first place most individuals go who are dealing with mental illness, even those with serious mental issues. Dr. Michael Stanford, a psychologist in Houston, writes about this in his book, Madness and Grace, a practical guide for pastoral care and serious mental illness. Locally, here in the Denver Metro, there's Colorado Community Church in Aurora. This is a continuing report on counseling culture and my conversation with Beth Lang, Director of Special Ministries at Colorado Community Church. I think the interesting thing, and this is part of evangelism, to have a mental health ministry, the the other part of that equation or that statistic is that people who are not necessarily churchgoers or uh, even oriented uh, as far as Christianity, they've never darkened the the door of a, of a church before. When, when they're family members or anybody else, they still that's the first place they go to is the church. Do you experience that in your mental health ministries? And I know that you have uh, you have groups, uh, you have suicide prevention groups, and you have mm-hmm. a, a lot of different different areas. What are the different areas of the uh, of the mental health ministry? I almost said industry. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, we have um, a class we offer twice a year. It's called Overcome. And it's developed by our partner organization, Anchor International. And it's an eight-week class, and it's designed for people who are struggling, people who have a loved one who's struggling. Because there is something powerful about if you have a loved one who is struggling with mental health issues, you cannot relate, right? You just can't. You can't understand what they need and how to support them with healthy boundaries. That's part of it, right? It's great to come to a class like this because when you hear someone else describing their struggle with anxiety, let's say. We, we tend to get the majority of the people we see struggle with anxiety or depression or both. Mm-hmm. I would say that's 90% of the folks we see. It's different hearing it if you have a daughter, let's say an adult daughter, and she's struggling with anxiety and you're her mom and you come and you hear another person struggling with anxiety. You can hear it in a different way because you don't have that relationship. You don't have kind of the baggage that comes with maybe what's already happened between you because of the diagnosis. So it's really is helpful for folks. But um, yeah, it's hard to say. I think we get we get folks from different churches a lot who come because their church doesn't have a program, which is great. I mean, I'm all when I talk to the church, I'm all about the global church. You know, I'm all about let's all share everything. Let's minister. You do this specialty. we'll, We'll do this specialty. Like, let's just meet the needs. Right. But we do we do get some folks who come in who are not churched, um, don't have a faith base, and that overcome class is it's focused on faith. You know, it's talking about where God is in your struggle, mm-hmm. right? It has practical tips, but it also is let's just talk about that God piece because that's what people really want to know. Because a lot of times they can get practical tips. You know, they're in counseling already, right? Or they look up on the internet. You know, ten things to do if you're struggling with anxiety, something like that. Right. But this way they can share their story. That's very important is that we provide a place for people to safely share their story. And often it takes them four or five weeks into the group to be comfortable to do that. 
to feel like they can do that safely, but it provides a place for that. So we offer that twice a year and that has like a printed curriculum. Mm. So it's kind of a formal entryway and some people really like that, right? It's almost like taking a class, even though it feels like a group. Then we have an ongoing support group called Anchor, which happens twice a month. And that's just like any other support group. It's an ongoing support group. These programs are all peer led though. So they are not necessarily led by licensed counselors. They're led by peers because as we know, with other peer support groups, with grief share, divorce care, anything like that, the participants want to know that the people facilitating can understand what they're going through. And so we have peers who basically have struggled with mental health issues, continue to manage their mental health. We all have to do that really forever, right? So we get to heaven, we're going to manage our mental and our physical health, but they, they are in a healthy place where they feel called to help others walk that journey and to come alongside them and encourage them. So they're peer-led. So we have those two. Anchor developed version of Overcome for high schoolers called Fearless. And so we also offer that. And that is really focused on trying to bring 14 to 18-year-olds together to address really, you know, that mental health crisis that we're seeing in in young people. It revises that content a bit to to work with teenagers. And then one of our facilitators is actually a counselor. But the reason he we allow him <laughs> to facilitate is because he has lived his life struggling with anxiety. So he facilitates from that place versus his counseling expertise, but he sees a lot of people with anxiety in his practice and he has a real heart for them. And so we started about, I don't know, seven years ago, offering a kind of an all day workshop on, on a kind of recognizing and overcoming anxiety. And so he shares a lot of his practical tools too with anxiety, but it's all tied really into scripture and the Bible and how God recognizes that anxiety exists. And anxiety has existed for thousands of years. And what does God say about this and your struggle? So that's what the program looks like. And it doesn't just say, don't worry, be happy, right? So- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or, or, or the scripture, you know, uh, the multiple scriptures that we see about, you know, don't, yeah, don't worry. Right. And those are wonderful. But how do you flesh that out a bit more for people? The other thing is we do have a counselor list of clinical counselors who practice from a biblical worldview. Yes. It's not a counseling center. There are churches that have counseling centers. Mm-hmm. And I love that model. They will often use counselors who are getting their degree for uh, like a seminary degree in counseling. Right. And that way they can get the hours they need um, mm-hmm. in their practicums. And the church is able to offer discounted counseling services. That's not something we felt called to do. We have a list of counselors that we vet pretty regularly with a lot of different specialties. They all operate from a biblical worldview. So our pastors have that to refer folks to. Right. Um, and our, our folks can contact them directly and they're not, ne- they don't necessarily all attend here. They're in the area, right. but our pastors will use that often with people they meet with if they feel like, yeah, it's beyond my scope now. Mm. You know, I can continue to meet with you, but I encourage you to meet with a clinical counselor. It's a little more diverse because of the specialty areas. You don't have a, a, a counseling group but you have a group of counselors that you can say, right, right. This, this works with, with this disorder or at cognitive uh, behavioral therapy. Uh, right, you know, exactly. Maybe that's their specialty. And uh, that is, uh, that's such a, a burgeoning counseling piece right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's growing and growing because, you know, the world is, is encouraging narcissism. Completely. Uh, so when, totally. you, when you get into CBT and stuff like that, you start saying, Oh, I can take this in steps. <laughs> you know, and- exactly. Well, and I think the other thing, important thing to for us is that we'll have folks who will come in to meet with a pastor for counseling 
the pastor might realize quickly or at some point into multiple counseling sessions that clinical counseling would be appropriate um, and helpful. Um, If it is an income issue, we do have kind of discounted rates with these counselors, but our pastors do have some flexibility to help pay if they need to Mm -hmm. um, for like a set of four or five sessions. So they'll pay um, that counselor we're connected to for this person. And we, we have done that before. I mean, it's not super frequent, but we recognize that there are people who really have a need and they just can't afford even a discounted rate. And so we don't want them not to get the support they need. And so that is offered on occasion, um, depending on the situation. But we, we do try to meet that need if we can. Who are some of your partners? Uh, I, I know that Colorado uh, Christian University and their, uh, their counseling area. Do you have mm-hmm. students sometimes who will say, boy, I'd like to, I'd like to go to school and, and learn uh, the counseling and ends of things? Uh, do you have anything that uh, that is 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 facilitating new uh, counselors that are that are coming from your mental health ministry? You know, we honestly don't. Um, Anchor International they work closely with CCU okay. and with Denver Seminary because what will happen is you know our program is pretty established. We're a large church. We see about three thousand people over the course of the weekend. Wow. Um, I always tell people, if you're going to launch any specialized ministry like this, you would be surprised how many people in the congregation, you know, are already equipped. Yes. I mean, obviously you need to do training, screening, vetting, but how many of them are already equipped to step in and support yeah. you, even if it's a leadership team that you want to develop first before you launch mm-hmm. a ministry. So you can, you know, because my background is volunteer management. I don't have an expertise in mental health. Right. I have a daughter with special needs, so I can speak from a parental perspective there. I'm not deaf. I don't have a deaf family member, but my expertise and my experience is, is managing and equipping and releasing volunteers. And I always tell people you'd be surprised who's already in your congregation. I have mental health volunteers who've been with me since the beginning, literally, they're very committed. And so what anchor does is anchor will go ahead and they partner a lot with CCU and Denver seminary counseling students to bring them in and give them experience because they'll go around to different churches you know, highlighting their programs. Would you guys like to start, you know, mental health ministry program? We have, if you feel like you don't have anyone in your congregation who can lead this first overcome class, let's say we have these students from CCU or Denver SEM who can step in and kind of launch it. Right. Mm -hmm. And then hopefully you can start to recruit within your congregation. We've actually never had to use them because we have some longstanding committed volunteers, but I love the idea of that, but we just, yeah. We don't have any openings. <laughs> well, that's great. It's so interesting because um, you hear that there's so many jobs, but there's a shortage of of people to fill them. And, right. And but you don't usually hear that about volunteers, though, do you? <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. I mean, it's not that I'm not like right now. The some of the ministries are growing, and I'm trying to recruit additional volunteers, and I'm having a little bit of a hard time. But I. I think for the most part, I think if you can manage people well and you can connect them to their calling and they recognize it's a, it's not your need as a church. It's God's calling you to come alongside staff and minister together, yes. Right. that this is a shared responsibility That's and true. you really, I think, equip them well. They have appropriate expectations of what's involved and you release them. I think to me, that's, that's really my mantra. And I, I feel like I have really great dedicated volunteers and they, you know, they found their tribe. This is, these are their, their people, you right. know? So right. this is who they want to hang out with at church because these are their people. They've gotten connected to them. 
Well, Connection is what it's all about. Uh, the audio guide to counseling culture. Beth Lang will be back next time on Counseling Culture. She is the director of special ministries, which include mental health ministries at Colorado Community Church. Uh, you can reach them at coloradocommunity.org or call 303-783-3838. We'd love to hear from you as well, especially when someone finds the help they need it's hard to find counseling, and that's the reason why Crawford Media in Denver is making this a priority in our public affairs programming. So drop us a line. We've set up a special Gmail for uh, for counseling. Uh, counseled culture, that means that it happened already. Counseled instead of canceled. It's counseled, C-O-U-N-S-L-E-D, culture <laughs> at Gmail. Counseledculture at gmail.com. I'm Richard Arnold Beattie, Crawford Media, Denver. We'll see you next time.